human connection with a slight objection. It's Rhyme and Reason 450. There's a rhyme and reason for your life. There's a rhyme and reason why you're Hey there, Tony here once again with some more Rhyme and Reason having to do with health. Yeah, the last couple episodes that I've recorded have been about health, and this is another one. But why would I be talking about that, right? Well, there's a little bit of stuff going on about health in the world, in case you hadn't uh, seen the news lately. But when I talk about human connection and how it can be a healthy thing, I also have a slight objection. It's not always healthy. Human connection is not always healthy, especially if and when it takes you away from logic and reason. Yeah, a couple of things I talk about a lot here on Rhyme and Reason, the Rhyme and Reason podcast. I've been studying the potential healing effects of music lately, as you may have noticed if you've been keeping up and listening. And unfortunately, I see too many music therapists and researchers emphasizing, I think I mentioned this before, but they're emphasizing the power of self. And most of them only give a slight nod to design, calling it, quote, spirituality. You've probably heard that word a lot. I'm very spiritual, man. I'm very, very spiritual. And you know what? You're not. So let's, let's go on here. Um, when they're doing all that, that's where I'm talking about. That's where the human connection fails miserably. That's like in an article I just read that talked about jazz musicians improvising a tune instead of playing a composition. Have you ever gone into a place where you could listen to a jazz trio or quartet, you know, maybe bass, bass, piano, and uh, drums? Sometimes it's bass, piano, drums, and a guitar. It's that kind of thing. When you, know, when you hear them take their little, um, oh, they'll take the song and, and improvise. And it's cool. It's fun because they're showing off how well they can play their scales, you know, and some, sometimes they do an awfully tasty job of it, and to- sometimes it's just awful. But <laughs> anyway, let me get back to the point here. When they go into that improvising, instead of playing a composition where they know everything's going to be a certain way, the research shows how the, the activity deactivated the brain areas of self-monitoring and judgment activity. Now, I noticed that the worldly researchers love to get into that part. And so, of course, they thought this was a good thing. And, of course, it's not. When you don't self-monitor or exercise good judgment, you're asking a lot more for than what you bargained for. And that same article talked about community drum circles and ukulele circles and singing activities as ways you know, to connect as a group through music. I'm kind of curious why they always have to do a circle, but eh, it's probably the circle of life. And they added that even if you feel low in energy, just being in the space where music is being created can enliven you. And I agree with that. But then they added, this takes your mind off fear, doubt, and worry. You can't think while you're playing music. Ugh. Uh, moans and groans. I agree with that first part about taking your mind off of fear and doubt and worry. I think that's an awesome, 
awesome side effect of listening to and playing music. But I disagree with that second part. Yes, you can think while you're playing music. I spent over a quarter of a century as a professional musician. Yeah, I actually made a living at it. And I can tell you that from all those years' experience, I was thinking while playing songs. Now, most of the time, my thoughts were focused on each song, how to vocalize it, and, you know, what to give the crowd, you know, in the next song. Saying, you know, you know, maybe you don't know. Anyway, but often, I would think about events of the day or what route that I was going to take on my drive to the next job. And even sometimes about what I was going to eat or who I'd talk to during my break. I thought about those things while I was singing. It's sad to me how deeply the idea of focusing on your emotions and feelings has permeated the arts. Now, I'm not emotionless, and I'm not unfeeling, but I know it's so much more important to apply logic and reason to your life. You have to apply that to your life because, you know, the feeling, touchy-feely stuff, that comes naturally, but oftentimes it doesn't give you good judgment. And, you know, if you actually want to solve problems and not just acknowledge and feel them, let's feel these things together, shall we? Let's go through this feeling for each other. That's not going to solve them. You might feel something by feeling your problems with other people who are feeling their problems with you, but it's not going to solve those problems. That's why I'm focusing on the healing potential of music with a designed and eternal perspective. Yeah, that's a little bit different than most of that woo-woo stuff out there. Because there might be some others doing that, but if they're out there, they're being swamped, swamped, I tell you, by those new-agey, humanist, self-empowered so-called gurus. I'm no guru from some woo-woo who's who, but I do know maybe a thing or two why music is so good for me and you. It's because God designed what it could do. Yeah, and if God designed it, it's good. That's all there is to it. And that's all there is to this episode of Rhyme and Reason, brought to you by TonyFunderberg.com, maker of fine books and merch, words and music, and rhymes and reasons. And we have all these rhymes and reasons, and life has it because God made you. There's a rhyme.